Trigger warning, this episode contains mentions of caste-based sexual violence. Two Dalits were stripped and thrashed in Maharashtra's Jalgaon district. Their crime? They were trying to beat the heat by swimming in the village well. Another woman from India's low-caste Dalit community has died after being gang-raped. And it's the second incident in a week. A Dalit woman had her nose chopped off. दरभंगा जिले के गांव में दलित महिला पर जुल्म का मामला सामने आया है दलित वुमन वॉज गैंग रेप्ड बाई अलेजली फोर मैन फॉर थर्टीन डेज इन सुल्तानपुर नॉट ओनली वॉज शी सेक्शुअली असोल्टेड बट शी वॉज बीटन अप एंड ब्लिस्टर्ड विद सिगरेट बॉट्स ऑल ओवर हॉट Hi everyone, my name is Nishtha and I'm Pragya and we're your hosts for this season of Intersectional Feminism Desi Style, a podcast that talks about all the intersectionalities that come within the realm of feminism. Welcome back to our show. Today is the second episode of our show and we're going to be talking about something that's a rather important topic. Today we're going to be talking about caste and gender-based violence. That's right, Nishtha. Today we're going to talk about caste-based gender violence and uh, we have with us Suman Saurav. Uh, Suman is a Dalit queer feminist and has been working at the intersection of gender, caste and sexuality for more than three years. She is uh, currently working with Chatka as their campaigns manager in the gender and sexuality vertical and is also working with Dalit Women Fight as their campaigns consultant. Previously, she was also a steering committee member of Dalit Women Fight. She comes from a family of activists and has been working with the community since she was a child. When not smashing patriarchy, she loves binge-watching anime and binge-eating Nutella. And information you need to know about her, she insists. Thank you for being with us here today, Suman. Thanks, Pragya. Thanks for having me. With the recent Hathras case, we've seen that gender and caste-based violence is come up in the news a lot it's come up on social media people are finally talking about this people are recognizing this but it's not a new phenomenon right this is something that has been going on for a very very long time and it's it's a like what we are going to try and unravel in today's episode also is that for a very long time india and even today a large chunk of our country has a habit of not recognizing this as a problem and not really realizing the reality of caste based atrocities in our country so we're going to try and understand that a little bit more. So let's get right into it. Suman, can you tell us how far back in our history can we trace the issue of caste-based gender violence? Um, well, how far back can we trace Hinduism? Caste and gender-based uh, crimes are being committed since ancient times, right? From mythology to reality, it spans across thousands of years of what we call a glorious Indian history. Uh, from Kilvini massacre to Karam Chedu massacre to Lakshmanpur Bhatti massacre, uh, where members of Ranveer Sena uh, raped and mutilated Dalit women, to the Hathras case, uh, nothing is really glorious about the history of ours. And uh, it is very difficult to pinpoint where exactly it started. So basically, just look at the history of India and the and Hinduism, and that's where you can trace caste and gender-based violence from. Every caste-based violence that you will find in the history of India, there will always be a gendered angle to it. I completely agree with you, Suman. Even as a 
person working in this feminist space and at FII, I often uh, get a lot of submissions, a lot of uh, articles where people talk about uh, caste-based gender violence, caste-based sexual violence, and there is it's it's difficult to pinpoint a particular time or uh, a particular space. It's literally everywhere since the time as far as history can remember. So um, I I totally recognize whatever you just mentioned. Uh, it is it goes back to as far as generations, and it has been so embedded in our history uh, and our contemporary. So, Suman, what are the different forms caste-based gender violence can take in the society? What are the things that you see in your everyday? So many, actually. So physical violence, sexual violence, including uh, including conflict-related sexual violence where Dalit women are perceived as an object to uh, demonstrate caste and class supremacy, honor killing, trafficking, uh, female genital mutilation, all of this are form of caste-based gender violence. Uh, But all of this and more also results into psychological and psychosocial violence and abuse, which is rarely talked about because the impact of those cannot be physically seen. But does that mean it's not violence? Definitely not. And what irks me the most is when people attach a very narrow definition to caste-based violence and atrocity. For some reason, I feel like people have internalized this view that it is only atrocity when the crime is of sexual nature or if the victim dies or if a physical violence is committed against an, an entire community. Even that is many a times ruled out as atrocity if this has been done against a Dalit woman, which is what happened in the Hatras case as well. Uh, but no, these uh, definitely constitute atrocity, but it is not limited to that. The bullying and harassment students face in colleges because of their caste identity is also atrocity. Caste-based slurs and abuses are also atrocity. And I think it's high time that we start acknowledging these as well. Sumanya, so, what you said makes a lot of sense. And many, like especially what you said about how uh, we have this sense of just waiting for absolute horrifying brutality to occur before we even stand up and recognize that oh you know this is discrimination or what is happening is wrong so can you tell us or can you elaborate a little bit on what the legal remedies are in place for redressal of such crimes so we have various provisions under the indian penal code that tackles the subject and mostly talks about physical violence and we also have the fpst prevention of atrocity act which also takes into consideration certain psychosocial abuses Every remedy that is provided under the IPC or the Indian Penal Code has also been incorporated under the FPST uh, Prevention of Atrocity Act. And uh, whenever a crime is committed against a Dalit person by an upper caste person, it by default becomes both violence and caste-based atrocity and ought to be registered under both IPC and the FPST POA. But that being said, I wanted to add something. So while these provisions they do exist on paper. It is no surprise that the reality of the availing of basically availing these legal remedies is very difficult in our country. Most often, police bluntly refuses to file an FIR uh, to process what has happened with you. Um, to gather the energy and to go file a complaint is in itself extremely overwhelming for the victim. Uh, adding to the harassment uh, that you receive at the hands of the authorities who are supposed to protect you. Working with survivors, uh, this has happened many times that the police has refused to file an FIR even when survivors are accompanied by activists. Just imagine the survivors 
not having any kind of support how difficult it must be to uh, go and file a complaint and continue fighting and this is no surprise right the entire society like every single part of it is still under the garb of brahmanical patriarchy and our systems are no different um they are not only complicit i think but are also enablers for them we are dispensable so that makes it even more important to have these laws to understand them and to make people aware of them i think i completely agree with suman and like she said that there are laws and there are policies that are and our dalit leaders like dr b r ambedkar had fought for these rights for the dalits and uh, the lower caste people however when it comes to implementation of these laws it's a very very different story one of the data that i could now cite would be you know uh, the recent uh, national crime records bureau 2019 data which says that nearly 10 dalit women are raped every day in the country with uttar pradesh recording amongst the highest numbers and uh, this number obviously is an undercount because these only resonate with the ones that are reported cases and there must be so many cases that are still unreported because of um, because of how the legal system works in our country uh, because dalit women are scared to report because they they fear custodial violence and they fear custodial rape and history has shown us that whenever dalit women or lower caste women have gone to report violence and sexual violence against uh, them they have been put down by the um, by the same legal systems that they wanted redressal from so um, yeah so so the numbers and the statistics are are really really disappointing and very very less change has actually happened despite having such progressive laws so uh, suman how do you think it has slowly evolved this sort of casteist a casteist society has slowly evolved into a tool for everyday forms of oppression that dalit women in our country go through i feel like it's not it hasn't even evolved it has been very stagnant i feel like a lot of dalit activists and individuals have been speaking about these oppressions fighting them for a really 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 long time and right now we are in a position i mean look at the arrests of many activists students uh, and the charges levied against them uh, uh, it basically speaks volume right on where our country has reached where we are right now and uh, this is not just like social oppression but but by but oppression by law as well and uh law and the system our system has basically given uh both the system itself and the people the authority and has enabled them to continue the kind of oppression that dalit people face in this country and this law can be manipulated it has been because of because the people enforcing it are by product of this casteist and patriarchal society itself so i think that's all the more reason to basically keep speaking up keep fighting suman so, you know with the recent reportage around the hathras case and everything a lot of people there was a lot of outrage against the up government people said that yogi adityanath needs to resign as chief minister and um, a lot of counter arguments to that were that you know he set up the sit the accused were arrested all of that so what more do you expect of the government and more than that even 
since we've kind of established that this is a problem that has not occurred today it's a systemic problem it's plagued our society for as long as honestly for as long as our society has been around so what are the steps that you think for which we can specifically hold the government and the system accountable in stopping such incidents so one aspect of it is of course changing attitudes from within the society but where do you think the government needs to really crack down on what is happening in the country so nishta i think that's a very difficult question uh, given the current situation and the political environment in our country um a country where the state or the government has been proclaimed to be synonymous with the country itself how do you exactly hold the system accountable how do you hold it accountable when the people in power and the people with privilege are adamant to use to use it to basically suppress the dissent to silence you um i can say by keep speaking up by keep fighting by understanding our rights by understanding the laws by raging and uh, this is all true honestly this is all true we have been doing all those things and we will continue to do so um uh, but in all honesty right now the, the position that we are in it's a very very difficult situation to basically pin pinpoint what exactly will help make the government accountable and uh, the thing is the oppressed shouldn't be the only one taking these active steps you know risking their lives to hold the system accountable which has been happening for a really long time we have started speaking about caste now after the hathras case but if you look at even the contemporary times how many people from upper caste community were actively engaging in the discourse around caste or acknowledging that caste exists the people with privilege and power are equally or even more responsible to fight the system that is built on the blood sweat and tears of the oppressed a system they are benefiting from if you don't use your privilege to question how you acquired that privilege you are equally complicit in the violence and atrocities that are committed against us and our bodies people from marginalized communities have been fighting for years they have been speaking up for years the fact that we exist is a protest in itself so be an ally and fight the system with us not to hog the limelight or speak on a panel or to add another feather to your resume but to but do the dirty work you know the behind the scenes your allyship shouldn't depend on the acknowledgement you receive with a system like this it's not about holding the system accountable anymore but about making the system accountable and that needs continuous regular constant discourse around caste and caste based violence uh making the government acknowledge it instead of escaping it ask questions ask more questions ask even more questions when they don't answer don't wait for a case like hathras to speak up because i assure you this was not a one off incident as pragya mentioned four to 10 dalit women are raped every single day and these are not even the real numbers caste is an everyday reality for us and it should be for you too so i think right now the only way that i can see is to make the government accountable for what is happening in the country and the kind of violence that is being inflicted on dalit people don't let the government escape with it which is what the government has tried to do in the hathras case as well i know the sit is there there are a lot of things that the government is saying that they are doing but what is the ground reality why was why was media not allowed there 
why was the family physically assaulted why did all these things happen and where was the government then how many questions are we raising around it and this is a case which is in limelight right now and this all has happened imagine situations or cases where there is no discourse around that case where the victim and the families are alone and there is no media there to question the government imagine the kind of atrocities those families will face so what i'm trying to say is while it was extremely important and high time that the hathras case came to limelight and we talked about caste it is equally important for us to not wait till a case like this occurs a brutality like this occurs to talk about caste or to acknowledge that caste exists in our society this should be a regular continuous effort on both uh, people from lower caste and uh, savarnas equally to basically engage in the discourse to talk about it to acknowledge that it exists in our caste and that is the only way to make the government accountable as well if you stop talking about it if there is no noise around it the government will never acknowledge it and they will keep escaping it so i think it's it it, it just depends on how much uh effort are you eager to put into basically acknowledging that caste is an everyday reality in our society and especially savarnas they need to acknowledge that it is a reality from which they are benefiting which is which makes it extremely important for them to come out speak out about this to their own families to the government to everywhere to speak out about, about their privilege i think suman rightly pointed out how hatras is not a one off incident and it has been happening since a long time now there are cases that you know get that sort of a limelight and there are so many others which do not and such cases such you know gory cases or such uh, cases of sexual violence that come in the forefront mustn't be the only way to talk about uh, about the atrocities against dalit women so many also mentioned how the government and the uh, bureaucracy or the legal system all of these things do not work in favor of the minorities and i think that perpetrators often go scot free without any punishment they are just roaming here and there with impunity and i feel like as a person who is not who is watching all of these things these really have a lot of impact on my psychological mental and emotional health i often feel very disappointed and i feel very um, defeated also sometimes i feel like uh, it's only when sexual violence comes up and that too comes up like really less in uh, the in the forefront and those also go without any legal redressal and like you mentioned uh, not only does violence against dalit women happen on their bodies on their um, you know corporeally but they also happen on their psyches and they also happen on their emotional and mental health so suman do you want to talk a little bit more about how mental health coincides with uh, anti caste activism in india you're right pragya it's tiring it's extremely tiring and uh, not just for anti caste activists but for every lower caste person in this country um in anti caste spaces we emphasize more on community care rather than self care uh because that's how it works for us our 
our community it heals us there's a warmth that is extremely difficult to find anywhere else i'll i'll even say impossible to find anywhere else i feel what we also need to talk about more is community trauma as a dalit person um even when you're not actively engaging in the discourse around caste and gender based violence even if you are silent uh you are still learning about it every single day right both consciously and subconsciously uh you are learning that people are being violated for their identity of being a dalit person an identity that you share with them you listen to these stories about your own family members as well as strangers even that stranger and you share a, share something and that is an extremely unique connection that i don't think we have tried to understand enough so even if you are not engaging you are still affected because you know that it is that it was an identity of yours which was brutalized violated and abused and it affects you it affects you at a very extremely extremely deeper level for a really long time i used to smile and laugh while telling people stories of caste violence in my family that happened to my own family members it was only recently that people pointed out that i was doing that and i realized how smiling and laughing about those cases when i'm narrating those cases of violence had become my own escape it was my defense mechanism i feel like i still do that sometimes whenever i'm talking about violence uh, caste based violence in my own family i still smile for some reason and i think that is my, that had become my own defense mechanism so i wanted to block the feeling out that it was a traumatic incident um a violent incident that had happened with my own relatives so all of these have caused a lot of mental trauma which i'm still working to overcome so for anti caste activists who are engaging with it directly every single day it's an extremely difficult position to be in finding the balance between activism and self care becomes extremely important and you know what for a really long time we were forced to believe that self care is luxury that dalit women cannot afford and uh, uh, i'll quote audrey lord here caring for myself is not self indulgence it's it's self preservation and that is an act of political warfare i think i live by that word and it is an extremely difficult situation and time that we are right now in but acknowledging what exactly is affecting us and also acknowledging the fact that we are going through a lot and it is always always important to take a step back when you need it take a step back believe in your sister they are there to hold the fort they will be there when you are gone when you are taking care of yourself your sisters will be there to basically keep the fight continue the fight and uh, trust in that and spend some time on your own just loving yourself caring for yourself spend time with your own sisters your community care heals a lot and i think that is what as uh, anti caste activists we have been focusing on till now and i think that is what we need to focus on so man that's actually something that's so important to talk about and something that in general mental health is just such an ignored aspect of our existence in our country and that becomes so much more aggravated when you're coming from a marginalized community so i think what you're saying right now is not just really relevant but i hope that people who are listening actually follow this advice because it's 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 so important to take care of yourselves because um many a times people are expected to and of course you have to fight you have to raise your voice like you said 
people have to keep questioning those who are in power but you do need to preserve yourself also so i so like so thank you like for bringing that up i think that's a very very important aspect of all of this coming back you know to the kind of uh, coverage that has been going on regarding the hathras case and coming back to sort of all of the conversation and all of the discourse that's come up about it many quote unquote liberals also i don't i don't know if i i can call them that are saying that why are you unnecessarily dragging the caste of the victim into this conversation like um she was a okay how do i say this without sounding extremely sarcastic she was an a daughter of india and this has happened against a daughter of india and it's divisive to actually talk about her caste identity but that's not true it's very important that we recognize her caste identity and her social position when we're talking about what's happened with her but instead of me talking about this can you explain to us why to say that don't bring up her caste or don't uh, or you know you're being divisive right now is something that's actually so detrimental to the movement and why it's important to recognize her caste when talking about the trauma that she had to go through so this is a question that i am um i don't know how to engage with this see your patriotism it cannot exclude our caste reality okay and it is a caste issue it is a caste issue because the law says it is it is a caste issue because i a dalit woman say it is savarnas can go educate themselves they should go and take up the labor to educate their fellow savarnas too i feel like people who say this is not a caste issue they should go and read some anti caste literature by writers from the community and learn about systemic violence relationship between oppressed and the oppressor a uh, relationship between caste and patriarchy that should give them enough and good idea on why exactly mentioning the caste of the victim and the perpetrator is extremely important in this case basically not acknowledging caste and caste atrocity is casteism in itself and uh, i feel like in this entire debate about whether this should be a caste issue or this should not be a caste issue i feel like there is no debate it is a caste issue because Dalit people are telling you it is a caste issue, and that should be the end of it. That was a really powerful statement, Suman. I feel like that just summed up the entire podcast for all our listeners and for Nishtha and me too. Because I I feel like you just said it in that one sentence that the fact that there is a debate about whether there should be a whether the Hathras incident should be acknowledged as a caste issue or not. is casteism in itself it is casteism um in its more insidious ways but it is very very much casteism and um thank you for uh talking about this issue not only with respect to what is happening in our society right now but giving us a more in-depth understanding of how casteism and caste based atrocities work in our everyday lives and with respect to our legal system so suman do you have any closing remarks whatever you want to say to our audience if if you want to talk about people who are listening to you right now is there anything that you would like to tell them please keep the conversation going this shouldn't be another trending topic which just came up and then died down there needs to be a constant communication a discourse around casteism and how casteism still exists in our country 
I think to my Dalit sister, I'll just like to say, keep raising. That's it. We have all been amazing. I think this entire time was extremely difficult for all of us. So please keep engaging with it. Dalit Women Fight and Chhatka.org. We are coming up with an ATT where you can come up online and you can basically sign a petition. And that petition will basically send a letter drafted by Dalit Women Fight. That uh, petition will send that letter to the decision makers from your own email addresses so it's basically we're creating a noise around the issue um please do join it and please do sign the petition and make your voice be heard thank you so much suman for taking out the time to speak with us today i think i speak on behalf of both ragya and i that this has been a really insightful conversation and thank you for being so honest and candid with us thanks nishtha and pragya for having me here and please continue doing the amazing work that you're doing i've been following fii's work and i think all the things that you're the content that you're putting out is extremely extremely helpful to understand what exactly intersectional feminism is that brings us to the end of this episode and like suman mentioned this conversation is not a one time affair this conversation has to be carried forward every single day of our lives and it is anyway a very important conversation that dalit women have to engage with almost every day but the burden of learning unlearning and sensitizing people around you must not only be shouldered by dalit women but it should be shared by savarnas and people with privilege and power thank you so much for joining us on today's episode i think we've talked about something that's very important and hopefully this will be one among the many 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 conversations about this that will happen in the future these are your hosts pragya anishtha signing off for this week's episode of intersectional feminism desi style make sure to follow feminism in india on all social media platforms and do join us next next thursday as we try to answer a very important question on how societal expectations and popular depictions of the ideal body can have an effect on our mental health tune in for that episode and thanks so much for listening in